Today is the Feast of the Purification of our Blessed Lady, also referred to Candlemas Day. As you see, the two ceremonies are intertwined, the Mass of the Purification in white and Candlemas Day, the blessing of the candles and the procession, as simple as it was, symbolizing the light of Christ in our faith and carrying that light into the world, in the very dark world. Now I do point out to you that the first Mass this morning was offered for the sisters on this Feast of Our Blessed Mother, and this Mass is being offered for all the supporters of the program What Catholics Believe. Tomorrow is the Feast of St. Blaise, Bishop and Martyr, and we'll bless the candles tomorrow at Mass and give the blessing of St. Blaise to those who are here for Mass who come to receive the blessing, and during the week also. If those who are here who have not received it want to receive the blessing, they can certainly do so. I believe Father Green will, will probably give that blessing as he can next Sunday, depending on the time constraints. Now, we also have the Holy Hour on Thursday, and the Holy Hour is very important. That act of reparation to our Lord is extremely important today. You see, all of the sins of all kinds, some of the most perverse and the most malicious, the blasphemies, the sacrileges, hurled in the face of Almighty God of Heaven, as though spat upon the face of our Lord as he hangs on the cross. This is what the world today offers to God. And there are a few souls here. I pray we are among those who make reparation to God in spite of all the terrible sins that are committed moment by moment. God allows us to have the good things of this earth, to enjoy so many of the good things of this life, even now, and it is certainly because there are those who are making reparation to him. And one of the things we do here, we are continually making reparation to God in heaven, but one of the things that we do is offer the holy hour. That holy hour at 8 o'clock at night on Thursday is very, very important. It is something a little bit extra that we do to say to our Lord that we love him in spite of the coldness and indifference and even hatred of so much of the world, mankind, we love him and we thank him for his blessings. And so that I recommend that to you. There's not a family on the face of the earth that doesn't need God's mercy, doesn't have to pray for its members, their salvation. So I do recommend that 8 o'clock holy hour to you. Now Friday, we have the first Friday of the month of February, so we'll have all-night adoration that night. And on Saturday, notice it's a bit different because the Mass that will be offered this Saturday will be the Mass of the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany. It'll be anticipated, as it were. And uh, that was to be done so that we can begin Septuagesima on next Sunday. So if you come to Mass on the Saturday, you'll notice it is the Mass of the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany. And next Sunday, we will have the beginning of the very brief but beautiful Septuagesima season, preparing us for Ash Wednesday and the beginning of Lent. Now, as always, I ask you to please pray for each other, and I ask you to pray for so many 
who have requested prayers, not only here at Immaculate Conception, but from all around the world, have sent prayers through the Immaculate Heart of Mary prayer list. I ask you today to keep in your prayers in particular Laura Vitkus and newborn Cash Herman and his family, and David Windish, Mrs. Catherine Fiore, Daniel Vitkus, Mr. Jonathan Sapp, and as I say, so many others who certainly would benefit from your prayers and reward you for them by praying for you as well. And God would certainly reward you for that act of charity and praying for those in need. Now, we have the Christmas appeal, which officially has concluded, and yet in the generosity of people, there are still contributions coming, thank goodness. We can't really keep up even going from bulletin to bulletin, the total now exceeds the amount in the bulletin is now over $3,300. That's a princely sum, very much appreciated, completely needed. And uh, I certainly remember each day at Mass, our benefactors, notably those who contribute to this most important event, this most important fund. Thank you very much for that. May God bless you for it. After this Mass, we'll have a a get-together in St. Susanna Hall. It'll be brief, but I think very poignant, very beautiful. We have, re we have refreshments to be served there for those who are present, and I'm sure you all could use that, but uh, there will be a couple of statements made with regard to the Christmas appeal, which should be of interest to you, and, I, and uh, I ask you to please join us for that event after today's Mass. If you come to St. Susanna Hall, as I say, we won't keep you long, and you can enjoy the refreshments, and then there will be a very brief program of thanksgiving to God and also to you for your generosity. And explain a little bit more about the Christmas appeal as well. And um, I also bring to your attention the fact that uh, since this is the last day of the Christmas season, we had some dear souls here working yesterday to remove the last of the Christmas decorations that had been set up to prepare for Christmas Midnight Mass. The manger scene and the decorations around the infant of Prague altar have gone now. And I thank you very much, those of you who decorate the church and those of you who then take the decorations and store them to prepare for the coming season of the year as we are now. Uh, your help is indispensable and much appreciated. And uh, also, on this February 2nd, we had the blessing of candles. Now, if anyone has candles to be blessed after Mass, it is the first Sunday of the month, so there will be the blessing of religious articles. You can freely bring them to the altar, and I'd be glad to bless them for you there. It is also a Sunday on which we offer special prayers for vocations to the religious life. And so I ask you to join in those prayers after Mass as well. Now we have the young adult get-together coming up in June. And we have a very handsome flyer made in order to introduce that to you. If you yourself are interested in this young adult gather, to get together or know someone who is or should be interested, please be sure and take a brochure and make sure that it gets into the right hands. The Young Adult Get-Together this year will be here in Cincinnati. We are hosting it at the camp, so it's, it'll be very near at hand. It's the occasion of many graces and sometimes marriages as well, as you know. Now, the men of the Holy Name Society are hosting a Catholic get-together 
will be uh, viewing the Super Bowl in St. Susanna Hall. Uh, that'll be beginning at 6 o'clock this evening. And uh, Mr. Michael Montezano and Mr. Daniel Gentry will be the uh, MCs, as it were. And uh, that is for especially our young men, but also their dads as well. But our young adults are not only invited, but encouraged to attend that. should be a, a good get-together. The Super Bowl itself is not a bad event. It's what we unfortunately attach to it. And unfortunately, again, there are many things attached to it this year that are things that we would not approve of because God would not approve of them. See, football is a very fine thing. We use the talents that God gave us. It's not a bad thing at all. But unfortunately, there are a lot of those who want to profit from it in a bad way. So, of course, uh, we're going to show that it is possible to view an event like this without indulging in the bad things that offend Almighty God. This is a very important lesson we all have to learn. And our young men now, in their single state, and perhaps soon to be in a married state in a matter of years and raising children of their own, are going to have to learn and learn from uh, some very fine mentors that it is possible, actually, to indulge in the good things of the world and also to regulate, moderate the bad things and to filter them out. And that is, there'll be an exercise in that this evening, too, to see how that is done. So the men will uh, gather during halftime here in the church before the Blessed Sacrament to pray the rosary and also uh, sanctify the evening, even as they are enjoying it, with something that in itself is not evil, something in itself that is actually a good thing. And uh, God gave us sports, actually, as part of our physical makeup to, uh, to enhance our physical powers and to, uh, to uh, actually glorify him in this way. So we pray that we can sanitize them of the, the evil things of the fallen world and make it a good event. So I encourage you to be there and to offer that rosary of reparation to our Lord for the uh, things that are displeasing to him about that. Please read the bulletin for the rest of the information today. Now, the epistle for this, the Feast of the Purification, is taken from the Old Testament book of Malachi, chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I send my angel, and he shall prepare the way before my face. And presently the Lord whom you seek and the angel of the testament whom you desire shall come to his temple. Behold, he cometh, saith the Lord of hosts, and who shall be able to think of the day of his coming? And who shall stand to see him? For he is like a refining fire and like the filler's herb, and he shall sit refining and cleansing the silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi who shall refine them as gold and as silver, and they shall offer sacrifices to the Lord in justice. And the sacrifice of Judah and of Jerusalem shall please the Lord, as the days of old and the ancient years, saith the Lord Almighty. Please stand for the Holy Gospel. The Gospel is taken from that according to St. Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 to 32. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. At that time, after the days of Mary's purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they carried Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, each male opening the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according as it is written in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was in him, and he had received an answer from the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when his parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he also took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now thou dost dismiss thy servant, O Lord, according to thy word in peace, because my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all peoples, a light of to the revelation of the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. Please be seated. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear faithful, this prophecy of Malachi from the Old Testament applies beautifully to today's feast day. In fact, today's feast day is the fulfillment of these words of the prophet Malachi, given hundreds of years before our Lord was born. When he says that he will send his angel and prepare the way, and presently the Lord whom you seek, referring to this Simeon and all of those who are like him, whom you desire, he shall come to his temple, this prophecy says. Who shall stand to meet him? Who shall stand to greet the Lord when he comes to his temple? Well, the gospel today answers that question. It's aged prophet Simeon, whose life now was all about this one thing, seeing the Lord come as Savior. It is that for which he lived every day of his life now, was a life lived for that purpose. Notice it talks about the Lord coming to the temple and refining and purifying. That's what the prophecy says. Purifying as one purifies silver and gold by flame. Purifying the sacrifices. Purifying the offerings. The offerings in the temple had long ago been defiled by worldliness and selfishness and compromise even with paganism. But the Lord will come and he will enter that temple and he will purify that sacrifice and make it acceptable. Make it pleasing to God. He himself will be that sacrifice. We remember the words of this very same prophet, Malachi, who talked about a sacrifice that would be offered day and night, everywhere throughout the world, a pleasing sacrifice, a holy oblation offered to God, which you and I are here to offer to God now, the Holy Mass. That is that sacrifice. And this is the victim of that sacrifice, the very child who is carried in his mother's arms into the temple today. 
Now we see in the gospel that Mary, our blessed lady, who suffered no defilement, suffered no impurity of any kind, our lady who suffered no lessening of her holiness or blemish on her sanctity, this lady waited, waited till the days of the purification prescribed by Moses be fulfilled. So for 40 days after bringing our Lord into the world, 40 days after our Lord was born in the manger, Our Lady's days of purification were fulfilled. In her, though, there was no need for purification. She was the first of all women who gave birth without the taint of original sin, either in her or her offspring. So this lady, waiting patiently this time, came to the temple on this date, holding her little baby in her arms, who is the Lord of all mankind and the Savior of all. She came to present him in the temple according to the law. All men, all male children, were considered to belong to God in a special way, to be consecrated to him. And this was actually a form of prophecy in its own right. You remember in the old days the prophecy given to Abraham that the Savior would be born from his offspring? And all of the Jews who were the offspring of Abraham recognized that the Savior, therefore, would be born, the Messiah would be born of their people. Well, Abraham was asked by God one day to take his own son, Isaac, his only son, his only freeborn son, Isaac, to the top of a mountain, and there Abraham was supposed to put Isaac to death as a sacrifice to God. Now, Abraham did not have to make that offering. Abraham did not have to put his son to death, but he was willing to do so if it was required by God, who is the Lord of life, and has the right to give, and has the right to take life. An angel held the arm of Abraham even as he was raised even as it was raised to strike his son. But this was an image of God the Father and God the Son. Now God the Father would give his son, truly, and not spare him, but he would offer himself as our sacrifice. This is the son who is carried into the temple today. And in honor of the sacrifice that our Lord would make for us, the only begotten Son of God, every male child had to be ransomed had to be ransomed by an offering, a sacrifice. In this case, Joseph and the Blessed Mother were to offer the sacrifice of the poor, two young pigeons or a pair of turtle doves, simply that. Certainly, it was impossible to offer anything in ransom for the sacrifice, the Son of God, who was himself to be the ransom of all mankind. No one could ransom him. An infinite number of turtle doves or pigeons or even our own lives could ransom him from his mission, that is, to save us from hell, to offer to us everlasting life. Now, when this man, Simeon, moved by the Holy Ghost, waited in the temple and recognized this little child, as the one he had been waiting for. Not only he, but all of his people for all of those centuries. Here was the child they had all been waiting for all this time. He was moved to proclaim by way of prophecy 
Now dost thou dismiss thy servant, O Lord. In other words, he was saying, Now, my Lord, my life here on earth is finished. Now it is completed. Now I can be dismissed from my earthly life here because I fulfilled that prophecy of seeing the salvation that you have sent to us. How lovingly did Simeon take this child into his arms. How our blessed mother gave her child over to the arms of this prophet, recognizing him as a man who also had the Holy Ghost within him. Our Lady, who was filled with the Holy Ghost, recognized the presence of the Holy Ghost in Simeon and recognized in his arms also a kind of a new manger in which she would lay her child with confidence and knowing that this man was filled with a spirit of prayer and gratitude. And so Simeon held this child up, thanked God for him, saying that his eyes had finally seen the salvation of God, prepared before the face of all. And Simeon gave a very beautiful and powerful prophecy of this case also. <clears throat> he was not only prophesying about our Lord, he was prophesying about you. Simeon made a prophecy about you and about me. And that is that we, Gentiles as we are, not offspring of Abraham, were among the pagan peoples of old, descendants of these pagan peoples who worshipped their pagan gods and yet the Savior had come for us too. And Simeon said that explicitly, that this child had come as a light of revelation to the Gentiles. And so it is, and our faith today answers that prophecy. Our faith is the fulfillment of that prophecy, that we've seen the light of revelation that God has sent even to the Gentiles and called them, because he has come not only the glory of Israel and the Savior of the descendants of Abraham, he has come, the Savior of all mankind, of you and me, even today as well. Now, I ask that we all appeal to this dear Simeon, this dear prophet. If you keep reading this Gospel of St. Luke, you find a woman in the temple also. Her name is Anna. Her name means grace, Chana in Hebrew, grace. She also waited in the temple, doing all she could to serve our Lord in any way she could. She was advanced in years, but she also was given the grace of prophecy. And she prophesied about our Lord too. She recognized him also as the Savior. So we have these two holy souls of all the people of Israel, there they are in the temple that was built for this child, for this Son of God. They are there as, you might say, the welcoming committee summoned by the Holy Ghost to receive the Savior when he finally arrives. Simeon and Anna represented the very best of all the people of Israel. They were on guard. They were on watch, finally, after that long, long vigil of their people all the way down through the years of Abraham, they were there, the ones to receive him, to recognize him and acknowledge him and greet him as the Lord of that temple and of all mankind. 
We should appeal to Abraham, to Abraham today to receive that Savior. We should appeal to Simeon today to receive our Lord as Simeon did and in a way much more beautifully than Simeon did because Simeon was able to receive this child of God in his very arms but you and I receive him in a very special way. We are able to hold him too. The priest holds him in his, the tips of his fingers at the consecration and also at the extra on your day when he holds up the host before you. But you and the priest have in common that we are able to receive our Lord not only into our arms, but into our very breasts, into ourselves. We place him there next to our hearts as we receive him. We are able to receive this Savior, this light of revelation, this glory this glory of God, we are able to receive him into our very selves in Holy Communion. This is what our Lord has left to us. This is his legacy. At the Last Supper and on the cross, we're able to receive him in a way that is far beyond anything Simeon perhaps even imagined and to rejoice in that presence. Simeon said that seeing the Savior <clears throat> gave him that great peace that now he could be, he could retire, as it were, from this life for the next. His dreams had been fulfilled. The purpose of his life had been accomplished. He says, Now thou dost dismiss thy servant, O Lord, according to thy word, in peace. And for those of us here in this world today, seeking that peace, that peace of God, that peace of conscience, that peace of soul. Anyone who seeks that peace should join with Simeon today in saying these words of gratitude and joy. We should ask Simeon in his place in heaven today to pray for us that we too may find in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of mankind, this peace of God, peace of heart, peace of mind, and peace of soul that comes from that union with this Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.